Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every Nars? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Welcome to head cannon. We got a got a very special show tonight. A very good friend of ours, Ella. Ella Raymond. It's lovely to have you with us. How are you? Hi. I'm so happy to be here and be with you both virtually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. It's so good to see you. Yeah. Likewise. It's been so long. We know you from uh, comedy sports in Indianapolis. Yeah. And we were trying to figure out how long it's been since we've we've seen you. We, it's it's been a long time, maybe ten years or more, probably. It's probably been a decade since the three of us have convened yeah. in a space. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, it's nice to see like when people have comedy sports pictures they post on Facebook, like that I've I've been in and and it, sometimes with like like an audience participant, and I'm always like, I wonder what we did with that person, or like what do we talk about. <laughs> Right, right. There's so many. You go through so many matches, and uh, and you're like, how many, how many people have I have I truly impacted? With, you know, like it's, it's so much fun. So well, those were some of the best years of my life. It was so much fun. For sure. Well, and I feel like I saw I saw a meme or something recently that just said, um, you know, somewhere there's somebody that thinks about you because you were weird to them one time. Like it's just some random stranger, you know? And so like, I, I shared that with my kids and they really latched onto it. Cause there are like a couple people, like we were in a, a restaurant one night years ago and this table kind of near us was really loud, which was fine. But one of the guys, like the dad at the table was like, I swear to God, it'll change your life. So that's, <laughs> so it's like, we say that all the time now. We'll just be like, it'll change your life. <laughs> or uh, there was this, Another because we've talked about this recently, but there was a woman when we first moved up to the Chicago area, I think and we lived in Evanston, there was a woman like we were walking around the city and there was a woman walking toward us, kind of singing to her to herself. And then as we passed her, she like leaned into my kids and she was like, Jesus loves the little children. (laughs) Yeah. And just walked back and we were all like, what the fuck was that? You know? Oh my God. You know, 
you know, the best part of that is that woman probably doesn't remember this interaction at all. I'm sure she doesn't. No, no. she had not taken her medication yet. That day. <laughs> right. But it's been like, it's, but it's been five. It's so great though. Cause it's been five years and my kids and I, like, we still joke about, you know, sometimes my daughter will just look at me and be like, Jesus love the little children. Oh no. Oh, that's a scary man. movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a horror film waiting to happen. Right yeah. There. I, I, I've been dri- I've driven home from I, I drove home from comedy sports one night. Yeah. And it was like after midnight. And there was a man by himself on the sidewalk outside of like one of the banks like whatever full business suit running around in cir- like in circles like this like running around with his like fists pumping and he was yelling I'm doing 360s. I'm doing 360s to nobody. He was saying this to no one. It was amazing. That you know of. Right. Yeah, right. That you know of. There may have been someone, you know, just out of just out of sight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's hysterical. That's awesome. Yeah. We had such it was such a good time. Comedy sports was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Much love. Much love to Comedy Sports Indianapolis. It's unfortunate the the theater shut down. They had to give up the building, right, during COVID, but Oh my yeah. gosh! But I, th- I think, I, I are they at Red Curb Comedy now? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a building that Will Paffenberger and maybe John Colby too. Uh, mm. They purchased a comedy club in like Avon before before the pandemic. But I think oh, sure. I think Comedy Sports Indianapolis has been doing shows there. I think so. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And they're back to doing shows in person. Yeah, I believe so. I yeah. think so. Wow. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Good for that. That's that's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> so, but what about you? What have you been up to since since you left Indianapolis? Ah! <laughs> um. So I moved to Chicago for eight years, and then the pandemic hit, and I was acting and uh, working as a sommelier at a restaurant, and I got first and uh, decided to go on a big grand adventure to the Southwest. So I'm here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh. Um, working as a wine director at a resort here, which is really fun. <laughs> My wife was born in New Mexico. I love that state. I've never even been there, but I'm a huge fan. I, well, you know what? It, there's no time like the present to come visit. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You should absolutely come. It's very fun. It's a very, very cool state. Very interesting. Um, very much not used to uh, topography, yeah. so seeing mountains is, is a new one for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah busy, been busy writing, writing, performing, uh, working with wine, all of those good things. So that's great. Been a, been a good <laughs> ten years. Well, I'm curious because I, I I'm always curious about people who I'm, I'm I'll share a story, but then I have a question for you because I'm always curious about what there is because i know there's a lot to know about wine just like with everything you know even like i remember watching that arnold schwarzenegger documentary pump what is it pumping iron years ago and i was like there's even lifting weights there's so much more to that than i had ever thought that there could be you know um you met him once i did he walked he walked he walked right past me yeah yeah i didn't talk to him but yeah schwarzenegger did walk past me he was shorter than i imagined but Oh, oh. No. <laughs> he said you need to pump some iron. <laughs> he was like, "Get out of my way." 
but uh, what an asshole. But, but I was uh, I was at the com- the last company I worked for. They had a a Christmas dinner that all yeah. the employees they took all the employees out to. So we went to eat at a Brazilian steakhouse, Fogo de Chao. We all like you know good food and everything. And this one of the guys I knew asked for a wine, a specific year, a specific kind of wine. And sure. the and the guy brought it and drops off his glass of wine and walks away. And this guy and so this guy I know, he takes the wine, like sniffs it, sips it, and he's like, mm, no, this isn't the twenty this isn't the twenty fourteen. This is not what I and I was like I was like, no way, no fucking way. I was like, there's a fifty fifty chance. Like this guy has gotta be full of shit. There's no way he can just tell, right? So, so you can tell. Well, that's uh, well. Here's here's the thing. The guy the guy came back and he asked him was like, is and the guy was like, actually, we didn't have any of the 2014, so this is the oh, 2015. Shit. It was the next year. This and I was like, holy shit! How did you know that? You know, that is like a big no no. Specifically, like if I make it on a tiny soapbox, please for that. Yeah, for that uh, that song. Share or that your server. knowledge. Yeah. Here's here's my here's my tiny soapbox. Is you should never lie about the vintage, because you never know who's drinking it, man. Um, and people can tell um, if if you drink enough wine, you can start to tell age on a wine. Um, that's something that I work on, you know, in my blind tasting and stuff. So shame on that on that dude for bringing the wrong year. Um, but you can tell. But I also wonder how much. Uh, the guy at your table actually knew or how much he wanted to like show off. Right. Um, that, that was my thought. Uh, but then, but then, he, yeah. <laughs> but then he called the guy out on it and it was totally like, it was the, a different year. That's so funny. Yeah. He may, he may be right on the money. That guy might have a really good palate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. But so, yeah. But so what's, what's your experience been like in, in, in that line of work? Like what, what is there to know that maybe the, the average person doesn't know or think about, you know? Gosh, it's a really deep rabbit hole. I think people think that, you know, once you have like a certification that you know everything about wine. Um, and so, you know, for me, uh, I've, I've gone through quite a few certifications for it and I, I still feel like I know nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's like the deeper you go, the more you realize that you don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I I just took a uh, an exam back in June, um, and it was it was getting down to like the chemical and biological level of grapevines. Wow! And how how like water and sunlight, you know, how that affects nutrient uptake and without without boring your your viewers or your your <laughs> listeners here but it's just like figuring out how that's actually useful right. in in a in a restaurant setting cuz nobody wants to hear about potassium uptake you know <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like boring as shit for somebody at a table that just wants a chardonnay you know <laughs> right you're <laughs> like yeah. you're like actually before you can drink any wine i'm going to sit down and we're going to map the genome of the grapevine that, yep. that the wine came from. Let's let's chart out the amino acids <laughs> and like actually how those. <laughs> pretty, it's pretty dumb, but um, I I love it. I'm fascinated by it. But I think what people what people like that drink wine just casually. Um, the biggest thing for me is like there are a lot of rules out there, like 
red wine with meat and white wine with fish and like, you know, pairing rules and, you know, seasonal things like not drinking red during the summer and things like that. And I, I'm just here to say like, fuck all those rules. And, um, I don't know if I can curse on you. Yes, please, please. The more cursing, the better. Yeah. Um, Fuck the rules. Um, you know, if you're enjoying it, you're doing it right. So, um, that's, that's kind of my, my philosophy. Um, having worked with wine, having worked with people in this industry for, for years. So yeah, yeah, that's about it. (laughs) Awesome. And you said the place you're, you're working at now, is it open? It's not open yet. Is it, it's in the process of opening. Is that right? It is open. Oh, it's open. open. It's been open for, um, almost two weeks now. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, uh, if anybody, if anybody's coming to Santa Fe, um, (laughs) Come to the Bishop's Lodge, um, which is uh, an old, like, ranch uh, hotel that they did, like, a multi-billion dollar renovation to, and it's, like, it's stunning. The rooms are, like, super expensive, so if you have some, if you have $2,000 per night to spend, <laughs> come on over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, working in luxury is not is not a, a comfortable transition for me. I'm very I'm very casual with everything that I do, so it's been a, it's right. been a transition. Oh, uh, Ella, I want to show you something. It's just like right here, actually. It's weird. I love it. Oh, is it, what is it? These are individual bags of green chili <gasps> oh, from Hatch, have- New Mexico. You have Hatch. Oh, my gosh. Well, that is the spice of life. Yeah, yeah when Kara's family comes to visit us, they'll, like, pack it in dry ice and, like, smuggle it on a plane if they have to. Like, I got to <laughs> always get my fix. This freezer used to be just packed with it. That's awesome. Well, yeah. that, is the, that is, like, currency, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is that is the ketchup of the Southwest. To yeah. Yeah. Um, That's how I, 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 I keep my wife around. <laughs> green chili stuff it's good it's good to have your have your tricks you know you're yeah. pulling back in you know <laughs> that's right and when when if the economy ever completely collapses green chilies will be the the currency yes. in new mexico <laughs> oh holy i mean if if not now um you know we're it's a it's a pretty like rural area out here the state is like not very populated so it's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a trade to be happening with <laughs> with the with the pepper the pepper market. Right. Uh, <laughs> such good stuff. Well, that's you. You were just talking about interacting with which that's all new to me. Like the last three years, the industry I've been working in, like working in the you know kind of computer tech world, is nothing I've ever I ever did before that. You know, before it was all working in nonprofits and restaurants, whatever. And so I, you just reminded me of something I don't think I've shared on this show. I don't know if I've even mentioned it to Brent, but um, the last company I was working for, I went to lunch one day with the CEO, right? Like a, he just took some of us to lunch on, on one random day. And so I ended up riding with him in his Rolls Royce, right? So he has this like big ass Rolls Royce that he's like flying around the streets on whatever, which was fine. I'm not... I was, it was cool. I'm not a car guy, so it was whatever. But then we get out and he opens his door and out of his door, he pulls an umbrella. So like okay. his car has a built in umbrella, which nice. I was like, what, what? That's, that's kind of fucking ridiculous. And he was like, yeah, but check it out. 
you use it and then you put it back in the door and the door has a heater that will dry your umbrella after <laughs> and i was like that's so that's so fucking ridiculous like why why do you would you need that you know it wasn't a like a rolls royce umbrella too it wasn't just like a random umbrella it was like uh, no I, it, it came it came with the car like it all like, came together yeah that's awesome i think it's, it's like robocop's like sidearm like you know like like his 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 like leg opens up and accepts the the gun right yeah <laughs> well it's like like if if penguin got the schematics for the batmobile right and then like, yeah, that's right customed his own umbrella holder right <laughs> right that's what it would be but it was the weirdest shit i've ever i was like that's so fucking i had no idea anything like that even existed and, and you know what fuck that guy though i'm sure he was a nice person but he, he knew he wasn't was it even raining no was it even raining? no no, okay, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for, for the record wasn't wasn't necessarily the nicest guy but you know okay. no. <laughs> he was fine he was fine sure he's fine okay. He's whatever, uh, but anyway. So let's. I want to. I want to. I, I do want to get to uh, the movie you brought us, Ella. And I have to say, when we were chatting about this, I think you brought up like three or four movies. And by the time we kind of settled on, you know, when you could come on the show and everything, all of your movies had been claimed, but this one. Oh. This this was the only. This was the only one that hadn't already been selected by other people. That is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That is nice. Well, that's great because this one happens to be my favorite. Nice. Of the list. Nice. Yeah. Well, do you want to you yeah. want to go ahead and tell us the, the movie you chose and, and kind of why you chose it and, and why it's it's your favorite movie? Oh one my of? gosh! Yeah. So we're dealing with uh, Sam Raimi's 1981, The Evil Dead. Yes. Um, it was just oh my god! What I I I can't even talk enough about it. Um. I was introduced to this movie in college, so I kind of came upon this later, mm-hmm. later in my in my life. I didn't really like horror movies until this one. Right. So this is what kind of broke broke the mold for me. Um, and since since I watched obviously the first, the second, and the third um, multiple times, right. I, I also read Bruce Campbell's autobiography. I also did the Evil Dead musical. Um, <laughs> At, at one point, well, you you um, watched I, it or you performed in it. I performed in it. Nice. Uh, I played Cheryl. Nice. Uh, uh, and I I don't even and I you know I watched the the spinoffs the the remakes. I I just think it is such a classic movie. Yeah. And in terms of actual filmmaking, Sam Raimi started his own kind of genre yeah. with this. Uh, and I think he was only like twenty one or something when he filmed this. So it's it, there's so many modern marvels about it, and it's kind of the quintessential perfect horror movie yeah. to me um, <laughs> that I always come back to. I never get sick of watching it. Nice. And what what about the 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 recent TV series they did? Do you, are, do you, are you a fan? That's I have not really seen any of that. Are those? Do you like those as well? Yeah, I I am I, to be to be completely honest, I'm not fully caught up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I watched like the first season and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not exactly sure where they are right now, but I I mean they just like took the genre and just like pushed it as far <laughs> as they could, which I think is amazing because you know and we'll talk about it, but the way that this whole series starts out is not really the most campy of camp right it gets campier as as you go through 
um, the trilogy and go through, um, you know, Ash's journey. Um, but it's, uh, it's just, it's just so perfect. Um, I'm, I'm never upset when I'm watching this one. I'm never turning it off if it's on, you know, <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> One of those just like lives in your brain bank forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, and I, and, and I think there is a lot to be said about Sam Raimi's, like just kind of his sensibilities and his personality and his tone. And I think, cause I, I heard something about this first one where I think it was a producer or somebody. Cause I mean, it's obviously, there's a lot of horror. There's a lot of gore there, but I, yeah. there was a producer or somebody who saw him was like, uh, you know, I thought you guys were supposed to be doing horror. This feels more like a comedy. And Sam Raimi was like, what are you, what are you talking about? This is a horror. But I think that Sam Raimi just has such a goofy, like, campy disposition that it, yeah. it is a very unique feel that you get from his work that I, don't, that I don't know you really get anywhere else, you know? Right. It doesn't, it, it takes itself seriously until it doesn't. Right. You know what I mean? It, there's something there's something beautiful about the 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 whimsy of Raimi's mind when you're watching his movies and not even just Evil Dead but like Drag Me to Hell and like Spider Man and mm-hmm. you know all of the things. Um, there's a there's so much whimsy and like you know hope and 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 uh, a sense of like heroes are made right over the course you know uh, of of those movies. So it's it's I really I've always really dug his style and always really dug his um just his his unique vision for for telling stories yeah yeah well and i don't think i i don't think i saw the evil dead movies any of them until a little bit later um yeah you know maybe when i was in my late teens early 20s but i saw yeah. I, I remember i feel like i watched dark man a lot as a kid i think maybe it was on hbo yeah. a lot oh yeah you yes know, which, yeah which is one of his that's well I, I haven't watched it in a long time but i remember loving that movie um yeah Oh my gosh, that is such a throwback. I haven't seen that in probably ten years or twelve yeah. years, like that too. Wow, right. it's one of those like late night HBO movies, right? Absolutely. <laughs> when, and I heard that he wanted to do. He was trying to get the rights to. I think I wrote it down. So I think he was trying to get the rights to like maybe Batman and then The Shadow. Like he wanted to do a superhero franchise, but he couldn't. He couldn't secure the rights, so he's like, "Well, fuck it. I'll just I'll just do my own." And so he that's when he came up with Darkman. And I, I guess that's where that came from, but and it's like all of the all of those ideas combined, and and even more culty and even better than what we could imagine had he done like Batman or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and then and then he did. You know, like you you mentioned, he finally got to do Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And and I remember being you know what at six in the sixteen to eighteen range, and and I, there were superhero movies that were good. Of course, Michael Keaton's Batman and Blade. Yeah. But I remember. Yeah, yeah. I think it was X-Men came out in 2000s that in 2000 that was pretty mind blowing. And then I specifically remember uh Spider-Man I think came out in maybe 2002. And if you go back and watch it it looks a little campy now but the scene the scene where Spider-Man is fighting the Green Goblin for the first time I was like, yeah. "Holy shit, this looks awesome." You know, like he gets punched and he's like flying through shit and I, I was like I, I I don't know, I was like I, I haven't really seen action quite let you know not in a superhero movie the matrix sure had come out by then but sure you yeah know. yeah but it was kind of i don't know it was like kind of i feel like invigorated the genre kind of leading to what it is now you know yeah it was very it was pre-marvel yeah you know MCU. so it, yeah. you know thinking about that's a really good point and thinking about like that was really the first heavy action 
superhero movie because, you know, Batman was just like rubber nipples and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so, you know, up to that point. Right. <laughs> I saw I saw Black Widow two nights ago. I saw it, um, I saw it on there, Saturday, yeah. Yeah, it was – I felt like it was like a superhero light movie. Oh. Like it wasn't like a whole lot of like super strength and like powers, which was – I liked that. Yeah. It, was a, it was just a, it was just like a nice like sprinkling of it in there. Right. I think I think, cool. I think there was movie. they played there were there were a couple like action sequences that were like big over the top, but I yeah. do think they played yeah. into like the the spy kind of James Bond jet setting kind of aspect of it. I I really liked it. I thought it was great, you know. Oh, no spoilers, guys. I have to go see it still. No, no. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> But she's she's a totally different kind of hero too. So it's you know, in terms of you know, she isn't like you know shooting shit right. from hands. Right. Or, you know, like but it's a good know. backstory, and you know, it's very funny too. There's a lot of really funny moments yeah. in the movie as well. Yeah. I, think she, I think Scarlet is just absolutely brilliant, and I don't think she can do anything wrong yeah. in my eyes. <laughs> well, she's. I agree. She's so good in it, and and I mean everybody everybody else is saying this as well. But as far as like Florence Pugh stealing the movie, she does. You know D- David Harbor. David Harbor's hilarious, of course. Like it's so good. He's in that. I love him. He's so good. It's it's everything you love about David Harbor, like ramped up to eleven. It's so good. <laughs> and yeah, okay, all right. Maybe I'm going after this. <laughs> well, and it was, and and my kids have been wanting to watch Stranger Things. So we just mm. we binged all three seasons over like the past couple weeks, and uh, oh, okay. and yes. then so then we all got very familiar with you know David Har- Har- uh, Harbor and all that, and then we go see this movie, um, which my kids love, and then actually my daughter had to sleep over at a friend's house that night where they rented this movie on Disney Plus, so she wa- she watched it twice on Saturday. But, oh, God. Uh, that is too fun. That is too fun, and kudos to you, like. Stranger Things doing a binge with your kids sounds like probably the best time ever. Oh, it was yeah, yeah, it was so good. It was, a, but my especially my middle child, my younger <laughs> daughter, she's so like voracious. Once she starts watching something, she just wants to like ingest it all. You know, the, yeah. it, like every night, I was like, I was like, okay, I've got, I, I, I really need to write, or like I've got a podcast, I got to you know, a podcast I've got to edit. She's like, Dad, come on, Stranger, and I'm like, fine, all right, fine, like let's. <laughs> But it was it was so cool. It was so good to watch it with them, and it's, and it's it's kind of they're both at the perfect age. It was like the perfect thing to watch with them, you know. Well, and then you get to like you get to pull out the cool dad card, being like, "Hey, if you like this, <laughs> you're gonna love this real old movie called Stand by Me." Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You get yeah. to like love everything that it was inspired by. Yeah. Well, and we you we just see a dead body. Yeah, yeah. You just see a dead yeah. body get poked with a stick. <laughs> when we Sounds we did, cool. and right right before that, we had watched the the It mini series and then the It movies together, which kind of has that same like kids, you know. Um, oh my god! Like the remakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dang, your kids are fierce that's scary it was actually it was a little too much my oldest kind of bailed like when you when you see Skarsgård in the sewer she was like no i'm good but but my my middle child actually my younger daughter was like no this is fine let's go let's do it (laughs) oh my god yeah my husband can't watch horror with me he like he like will leave the room if it gets to a point uh 
so yeah i i, I feel yeah it's it's those are tough man you got tough kids yeah <laughs> she yeah she she loved them and it it's not because it's like it's it's scary and a lot of it is like intimidating but there's not a whole lot of straight up gore like there's a you know the scene where there's a lot of blood in the bathroom like there's a lot of blood but there's not a lot of like actual gore you know what i mean dismemberment bodily dismemberment right much like (laughs) evil dead (laughs) yeah 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 it's not yeah not quite like the evil dead that's a different thing but (laughs) but i think you know i feel like my kids are like a different animal than yours (laughs) why is that because i was watching I was trying to watch The Evil Dead, and I was like, oh, Corey's kids watch watches the movies with him. And so, like, I had it on, and then, like, the zombie lady, like, the lady gets possessed and stabs the guy with the pencil in the, in the foot. Yeah. And then, like, the most, like, silly-looking blood comes out, and it's just silly-looking. And my son's like, I think we should turn this off, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's I think you've had enough. Dad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is not very appropriate for my age to view this. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> so then I sent him to his room. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. How how old is he, Brent? <laughs> he just turned eleven. Oh my god. Like two days ago. He was a mere babe mm-hmm. the last time I saw you. Yeah. A oh mere yeah. Babe. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. That's why I had to quit. I quit comedy sports because I just couldn't because because of kids and yeah only because I just I felt like I I just couldn't if you don't use it you lose it and I I, I'm the type of person that I needed to be there all the time at comedy sports to maintain like any sort of whatever plateau I was on at the time you know and. It's a it was a bittersweet exodus for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. No, it's it's one of those things like the improv community is so um hopefully not hopefully this doesn't rattle anybody's cages, but the improv community is so like all encompassing. Right. Uh, that, I mean truthfully, like when I left comedy sports and then came to Chicago, I did the IO training center for like a year and a half and and it was just like that was my entire life yeah uh you know but i was like 22 i didn't have kids you know? right. <laughs> it was like, well and that's one well, that and it was different for me because i because i moved up here in what 2015 and i went i went through the io program i went through the conservatory program at second city like Right. As, not right. as an old, like I was like 30, but I was still, I was still older than a lot of the people doing it. And then like yeah. afterwards I like, I was like, okay, well I got to go home. Like I got to take my kids to school <laughs> in the morning. And it was just like, it was a totally different yeah. dynamic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird, it's, it's so weird. Cause it's like, oh yeah, like this is, this is like, I take this seriously, but it's also like a hobby, but also it's helping my career. But I, I don't know. Improv is such a weird world. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It is. Yeah. Well, it helps you. It helps you in the real world. It sure Outside does. of it, in the muggle world, as I've heard <laughs> yes. it said. It's, yeah. I don't know, just like situations like, I don't know, it's, it's fun having the talky talk, you know, that we, the three of us have, like we got it. Yeah. And it's 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 fun it's fun to u- utilize it in any situation whether like i'm i'm a teacher 
So like I'm using it constantly and, you know, while in real time while I'm teaching and then just like, I don't know, like being at a party, like, and with the muggles, you know, and you got the talking talk. It's fun. It's fun. It makes it more interesting, you know? And, and it, you, you come off super impressive to everybody that you're talking to because you're like, you can think quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I don't think it comes across as like, braggy or like you're controlling a conversation or anything either it's just like it, it quick quips and stuff it's like a fun thing to add flavor into a conversation with you know yeah no it's so great i i so value that that time <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> wow well go, going back to the uh, the evil i did want to say about the the spider-man stuff i feel like um the in spider-man 2 especially where he that I don't know if you guys remember the scene where they're like Doc Doc Ock gets fused with the arms and then yep. there's the scene where the surgeons are trying to cut the the robot arms off right yeah. and and I like like Raimi gets to have a fun sequence it's like a horror sequence with these arms cuz you know the guy Doc Ock is passed out and his arms are just like attacking all the the surgeons and everything and like one guy grabs a a handsaw you know and it's it's such a fun little horror sequence in the middle of that movie. Well, it's such an homage to, to you know, his early work. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're really thinking about Evil Dead, like, he reuses ideas all the time, but he reinvents how he reuses them. So it still feels really fresh. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's all... Um... Oh, and in, in Spider-Man, I, not, to, not to jump too far ahead, but um, the the movie, or the, the car in Evil Dead, mm-hmm. he that fucking car in every single fucking movie he's ever done <laughs> nice. yeah that that little that little shitty yellow car <laughs> is in spider-man is in drag me to hell is it like oh, cool. every single movie uh and the thing doesn't run anymore but they like they spend a shitload of money carting it to whatever set <laughs> this was in the bruce campbell's autobiography i think um cool. and uh, I mean, I, I read it like ten years ago, so I'm, I'm maybe misquoting, but um, but they always he wants that car for some reason in every single fucking movie. Um, there may be a few exceptions, but uh, if That's if you awesome. watch some of some of his work, you'll you'll undoubtedly see it used, uh, whether background or actually like driving around in it. That nice. kind of thing. That's awesome. Well, it's and... weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so what do you think about? Because I kind of think. For me, I, I love the first two Spider-Man movies so much. And the third one, just kind of, I almost feel like Raimi's goofy campiness just overrode the rest of his sensibility. Especially, and I mean, I think it's everyone remarks on the scene, but the scene where Tobey Maguire's like dancing in, the, in that yeah. black suit. And it's just like, it's just, it's too much. And I think it's everyone too, agrees that is it's the, too much. Is the Sam Raimi one, is it when... He goes to the uh, like the, the 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 wrestling match. Yeah, and it's is that the one where he's like bone saw is ready. Yes. That that's the yes. first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That, that's that's like such like a uh, like a Jesus loves you. This <laughs> I know. Kind of right. Bone saw is ready. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see bone saw say that to your kids' faces. <laughs> <laughs> they would. They would. <laughs> they would love it. <laughs> what? I love it. Well, we'd have to. I, you know, I, we'd, we'd have to reanimate Macho Man Randy Savage, right? Like, oh, did that guy die? He did. I think so. Yeah. Oh. oh, oh. Did he not? Wait. 
Let me make sure. I don't think he's dead. Yeah, do do a check. Let me make do a sure. Check. <laughs> All those uh, slim gyms, man. That's. <laughs> oh man. Uh, tw- yeah, tw- twenty eleven. Gone, gone ten years. That man. Yeah. Bone saw. Bone saw. Bone saw. <laughs> He's such a great role. <laughs> Do you think he went to hell? <laughs> Randy I, Savage. I think, probably, I think he probably decided where he wanted to go. I yeah. feel like I feel like he, he didn't need any divine intervention. He was just kind of like, fuck it, this sounds like fun. And, and you know, decided to take off in whatever direction he wanted. Right. <laughs> I aspire to that level of... Uh, of power in my own life. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he died, he was just like, Bone saw is ready and then just went on just went on his way, you know. <laughs> he like he, he like straddled a big slim gym like fucking ho- like he was going to Hogwarts and just, just ro- rode it into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. That's so funny. Oh my god. Um, that is so stupid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. The image is good. Because um, so, it's really thin. It's a really thin rope of meat. Yeah, it's you know? it's a weird thing. Yeah. And and you know it's uh it's it is the uh, the holy grail for truck drivers everywhere. So you know if you're gonna go out, go out on a gym. Right. You know? <laughs> right. With that quick quick protein, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no one says that uh i truckers brent uh brent maybe you're not familiar with the trucker community but uh when you're when you're trucking yeah Brent, and i have our finger on the pulse on the pulse of the trucker yeah Yeah. you you gotta stop for a quick protein you know i'm I'm on board board. (laughs) (laughs) all right well we'll take us through this movie a little bit what's there's because there's so much i want to know some of your favorite um some of your favorite parts. I mean, I, I love the uh, kind of the the Lovecraft inspired. You know, the the Book of the Dead is obviously. I don't know if they call it the Necronomicon at any point, but it's like see, not in this movie. In that, or wait, okay. maybe they maybe they do Necro, No, they do. The the scientist does on the recording Necronomicon okay. Ex Mortis, okay, known as the Book of the Dead. Um, yeah, it's. I think I honestly. I think for me, this movie is like 93 minutes long, right? And it wastes no fucking time <laughs> from the drop right. getting into like full suspense. I mean, you start with like this crazy camera sequence mm-hmm. of like going through the woods, like through the lake, right? right. And, um, and, and it's like intercut with like some dumb song right. that, that, <laughs> Like Shelly and Scott are singing in the front seat. Who knows what the fuck that song is? But right. <laughs> it's—I mean—the perfect interspersion with with uh, the lady. What is it called? Lady Mary. That truck that like comes over. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it's perfect. All canted angle frames. Like you know that you're in for a fucking ride <laughs> from the drop. Um, and I, and I think like to to speak to that that camera angle. Like that is something that they developed on the fly. It's literally like a, a long piece of like metal or like a beam that they literally like duct taped the camera to <laughs> and had two people in the lake, like 
running through the lake or like on a boat like going through right and it had done before i mean like that i mean that it's so creepy and eerie and weird and like the first time like that Raimi and I think like the Coen brothers at the same time were, were creating like the shaky cam effect. And mm-hmm. so like, this is the first time we're actually seeing it. Um, and it's just like the, the tension built right away. Um, and, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't stop. <laughs> no. <so> yeah. <laughs> well, and then, and then like the, 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 the bridge breaks and the tire goes through the bridge at one point. And then as soon as they get to the house, the, the uh the slot the swing is like banging against the side of the house you know <laughs> oh and 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 I, and I have to like give kudos to the sound design because it's so minimal until it's not right <laughs> right and everything's just like oversaturated like bang 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 and um it's like there's nothing going on and then there's everything going on there's like no <laughs> in between in this movie right uh, which, which i love that's I a good way to put it <laughs> um I, it's it's just it's so cool and uh i mean like favorite moments outside of just like that uh i i mean i would say like the listening to the tape all together yeah um and having uh and being at the party at the same time and like the cellar door flying open and you have this like medieval times music <laughs> starting as all five of them are like crowding around the cellar door opening and it's like the heroes are on their adventure <laughs> like, like that kind of mania um it's like midi file music that's just like so ridiculous um but just that's just like getting started i have like fifty thousand moments what what are you guys what are like the favorites for you uh yeah like and like you said it wastes no time and it's just like one thing after the other and i I didn't realize i guess the guy as they are driving to the cabin two of the guys on this they like there are a couple locals that wave to them i guess i guess that's sam raimi and rob tapper the the producer right so yeah it's just like them on the side of the road waving um and then yeah when they when they go down and i like how because i have you seen the movie uh cabin in the woods yes yeah not not a few years but yes i love it okay yeah so it's and i I think a lot of it i mean it's obviously inspired by lots of stuff but i think i think this one in particular where they're going down to the cellar they get this like ancient thing somebody's protesting it she's like no turn it off turn it off you know and they they fuck with it anyway and they wake up the the evil dead i mean I feel like, because I love Cabin in the Woods, I feel like the backbone of it, it's it's paying homage to lots of things, but I think Evil Dead in particular, you know? Oh, 100%. 100%. And, like, watching it, it's like, that is that is the source material for so much modern horror now. Yeah. You know, like, this is the this is the, the impetus. This is the, the nexus, to, to quote... Uh, Loki, if you guys are catching up with Loki right now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Looking forward to the last episode. Um, but it's it's very, 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 very cool to see how many things are, are branching off from, from like, this weird, quirky, right. <laughs> this weird little quirky 90-minute film that was shot on no budget. Right. Uh, well, and speaking of, of branching, uh, I think one of the first one of the first like really horror moments in this film and maybe one of the most disturbing moments is, is in the woods with the vines 
Which, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that, like, uh, well, it's just so like with the vines creeping, I, I guess was filmed in reverse was how they got that. But there's just, oh, it's, yeah, that makes sense. yeah, I think more than anything else in this movie, that scene is like, I don't know. It's a lot. That scene is a lot, you know, it's, it's horrifying. And I mean, even to this day, it's like, you know, trigger warning for people watching. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like a tree, a tree rape. Right, you know, yeah. which is like just, just absolutely. Um, you, we haven't seen anything like it since then. At least right. I haven't. Yeah. Um, it's, and it is a standout. It is a standout moment in terms of like pure evil. Right. Like that is pure evil manifested. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and even in the remake, they like they went for it again. Well, um, I haven't seen the remake. So. Oh my gosh, you guys! You got the remake. The remake is a love letter. Mm-hmm. It is not a, it is not a remake. Okay. Uh, it is not like, you know, uh, when they remade Psycho with Vince Vaughn. Right. It was like shot for shot. Right. This is not that. There are a lot of similar themes and, and you know, similar scenes and ideas, but it, it is it is more of a love letter than it is a pure a pure modern copy. Um, but they did they did go after that scene again too. Right. Um, and it's just as brutal. <laughs> it's just as brutal to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I don't know. How did you guys feel? How did you guys feel like in terms of like the, the scope of um, how that fits within the story? Like, is it needed? Is it excessive? Does, do you feel like, you know, you know what I'm asking? Yeah. I, it's well. It's been so long since I first saw it. It's hard to recall my initial because re- I, I rewatched it again recently, and I knew it was there. Of course, yeah. right? I remembered it. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it happens so early in the movie. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, so this is happening. Like, what's what's the rest of the movie going to be like? But I don't yeah. know. I I, I think uh, it's the fact that they put it in the remake. I didn't know that. You know, because I do feel like maybe this. The times we're in, I don't know. I for me myself, if I were doing a horror movie right now, even if the yeah. thought of doing something like that occurred to me, as somebody who, you know, as a man who hasn't experienced, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't put it. Yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable putting it in my You're movie. Tap dancing around so much right now. <laughs> right. Well, I I wouldn't feel comfortable putting it in my movie. You know, and I don't know what I don't know where their head was at when they if. And it probably was just like, oh, this will, this is fucked up, you know. It was probably the depth of thought they put into it, you know. It was nineteen eighty one, Corey. Like, yeah. think about that. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um So it's like, what's going to shock people? Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Mother Nature raping someone. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty right. shocking. It is. Yeah. yeah. When they when the when the vines grab her ankles and like spread yeah. apart her legs, it's like I wanted it to end. I wanted the scene to be over right like, yeah. it's it a lot very intense it keeps it keeps going to it an does. to a uh to an unfortunate length you know yeah. right it's a little too long well and that's that's uh, something and I've, I've thought about this with not just this but there are other horror movies because because there are movies that do things and and they have gore and and things yeah. just intended to shock you you know and right. and i don't know like, i don't What's that? Like the soft films. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, and I know there's a place for that. And I know some people, it's not my preferred style of horror just to see no. things th- that no. are shocking. Um, I know there are people who enjoy it and that there's a place for it, but yeah, but I, yeah, was I, I was, I feel like I was going somewhere with that, but I, I don't, yeah, I, I guess I don't know what the point was or, or if it was just intended to be shocking. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and just with that, I, I feel like with, and I don't know why there's a difference to me, but like maybe because murder and gore and dismemberment, I mean, those are things that really happen. But yeah. but it's like something that's generally agreed upon is bad. It's not like even if you're doing it for fun in a slasher movie and it's like silly gore, you're still there's still not the like you want to like nobody thinks that going and chopping a person up is a good thing or, you know, but I feel like with right. with sexual assault in horror movies, I, it feels a lot different than everything else. I think because oh, yeah. a, it is something that's that's that really does happen. And I feel like it's hard. I, like, I don't know if, if you can film it in a, or I, I think it's probably hard to film in a way that is not, that condemns it rather than glorifies it and exploits it, at least to where somebody would watch it and be like, oh yeah, this, this is, I'm enjoying this as, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I, it does make sense. And I think, I think what in, in the past few years, you know, with, with our, our own social movements, like not to, not to put a, a damper on it, but like. Um, you know, it's something that a lot of people experience. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and so it's, it is less, it is less divorced from reality than like dismemberment. Right. That's true. You know That's, I mean? Yeah. Cause, cause most of us have not been murdered and dismembered. Right. Like you don't live to tell the tale generally. Speaking. Right. Yeah. Unless you're macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Bonesaw's always ready. So right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, so maybe, maybe maybe that's what it is. Because I've th- I've thought about this. Like why? Because there's so much that's there's so much disturbing imagery in horror movie. Why does yeah. that specific thing feel so much different? And ma- I think maybe that's it. Is because it's it's not very far divorced from reality at all. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I think even more so now. Like rewatching it, even watching it back in college um, versus now. Like I have such a different. Uh, such a different view of it and I'm sure I'm sure I imagine the both of you do as well yeah I'm sure uh, yeah after not watching it for so long and then you're like oh shit this is this is really brutal yeah. um this is a like this is supposed to be a very light-hearted gory like quick little you know horror trip but it's like that that particular moment always stands out to me because I'm like this is now, now I have, now I have like a different, uh, a different sort of viewpoint on it than right. I did back then. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now on to something light. Let's talk about so pencil stabbing. Uh, um, yes, yes. Uh, no, so I was trying to think of, oh, so when he, oh, so he goes to take her into town. This was weird. Yeah. So they go right but when they, before they discover the bridge is out. Ash, yeah. Ash just stops the car and like wanders off in the woods. And yeah. I don't know why, I don't know why he gets out of the car or where he goes. Like, I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I have a theory on this or not. <laughs> there were a couple moments like that. For, uh, for instance, like when he gives her the necklace, mm-hmm. like a little earlier than that, he pretends yeah. to be asleep. Oh yeah. yeah. 
it's just a weird and he's like open they're trying to be cutesy yeah well <laughs> and then like she wants him to clasp the, the huh? necklace is like seven feet long right I, and <laughs> he still like clasps it behind her neck uh, well he's got to get it over her big hair you know yeah, that's right the <laughs> but, huge turtle neck sweater thing. yeah oh my god but, guys, it's, like, it's like early 20s guys writing a script about love. You right, know? yeah. yeah. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, but, call it what it is. I don't know if I ever noticed it before, but I noticed it on this rewatch. Um, yeah. Brent, they, cut, they mirror that moment because he's pretending to be asleep yeah. and they keep like looking at each other and closing their eyes and like playing cat and mouse with their eyes. They do that toward the end of the movie when she's she's undead and he's going to bury her he's like okay. digging her grave and she like opens her eyes and looks at him and then when he looks over she closes her eyes so they like they play okay. that they play that game again toward the end of the movie you know and instead of a smooch he gets like an achilles tendon cut right know? yeah 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 <laughs> not not, time not nearly as good yeah not nearly as good <laughs> no no first you know first anniversary smooch Second anniversary, sever your Achilles tendon, you know. It, you know, it's just, that's just how it is. That's yeah. just how love works, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all married, we know. Right, that's, that's, how, it that's, how, that's how it is, second anniversary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so then, Brent, you talked about uh, getting stabbed in the ankle with a pencil. And from here on out, I f and I feel like a lot of this movie is just them, like, playing with gore, playing with effects, doing shit they thought was cool. And kind of just showing off what they could do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, like, there's there's a really interesting thing where they ran out of time with the actors. Yeah. Um, shooting this, and so um, Sam Raimi's uh, little brother Ted uh -huh. actually filled in as uh, as the zombies. Uh, in different scenes, and so they they've actually credited Ted Raimi as uh, fake Shemp, right. a la uh, the Three Stooges. <laughs> um, he was a stand-in uh, because they they ran out of money; they couldn't pay the actors anymore. Like they ran out of time with the schedule, and I guess people were going back to college or something. Yeah, and uh, they so, so his sweet little brother. I, I think he's his little brother, but. Um, he, you know, all of these scenes where it's like, wow, that doesn't really look like Cheryl. <laughs> right. It's more. Ted Raimi. <laughs> That's Ted Raimi. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Which, and he's the guy, Brent, in, in the Spider-Man movies, he's like J. Jonah Jameson's assistant, right? Mm. So there's like, there's, who's, what's that actor? Oh, J. Jonah Jameson. Oh. He's so good. Um, I forget. Fuck. I can't. <laughs> I can't think of, it's so good. I can't think of that guy's name. He's, <laughs> he was in Whiplash. I don't know. He's in so much. Um, but anyway, what one of his employees at the at the newspaper, uh, the like the kind of the little Weasley guy is is played by Ted Raimi. So. Um, it's J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, of course. Yes, yes. Okay. J.K. Simmons. But he, but but, and I think that's a term because I think he's used that in other movies. And fake shimp has kind of become a, a an industry wide term, I think. For, and I guess it comes. I I just read about it because of this movie. But I guess it was when shimp died. The th yeah. the Three Stooges had like a bunch of movies unfinished, so they just used a stand in a fake shimp to stand in yep. for shimp because he had. He'd, he'd gone to the pasture with Bonesaw, you know, so. That's right. 
wherever that pasture may be, hot or cold or, right. you know, wherever. <laughs> wherever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's so, it's so funny because this is like, I mean, this started out so many different, uh, so many different ideas that were sort of carried through, like, like the fake champ and the, some of these camera um, devices that they used and, um, it's, it's super cool. Yeah. It's super cool. Well, and this, and it's funny to me cause my, my mom was a big fan when I was a kid, she was a big fan of, of Hercules to an extent, but, but also Xena, the warrior princess. And, oh, heck yeah. and it's so funny to me that this team has gone on like that. And that's definitely leaning way into their campy side, but that, yeah. that, that was also this team or at least, you know, Raimi and, and Tapper, you know? Right. And then, um, and then uh, Lucy Lawless right. is in the Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yes. Show. So it's like it kind of like circles. Right. They all work together. Yeah. And Bruce Bruce Campbell, I think, was in those TV shows as well. Um, you know. And once, and I would imagine, what's that? What a dork in this first movie he is, and what a hunk he turns out to be. You know. Right. But, he but, has a unibrow in this movie, guys. He, a unibrow. I noticed, I noticed that. Yeah pretty bad um <laughs> it's pretty bad and uh you know he 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 gets trapped under multiple bookcases in this movie right. some multiple <laughs> also wood bookcases right. that he just can't move right. because he's heavy too weak. yeah heavy planks of wood in, 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 <laughs> entirely too heavy those planks of wood yeah <laughs> i can't oh my gosh but then you know by by uh, Army of Darkness, he's like buff and right. He's lady he's got the chainsaw. And... He's got the chainsaw arm and everything, which you know, I'm sure from within goes yeah. inside out. You know, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a, a physical manifestation of the chainsaw within. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And I forgot, you know, going back to rewatch it. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! There's my pup. Um, so I forgot going back to rewatch it that the chainsaw really doesn't happen until the second movie. Yeah, because yeah, you know, all of the like iconography of it and all of the like imagery that we associate with Evil Dead doesn't really happen until Dead by Dawn, which is you know episode two. Right? Was that um, was that the title of of Evil Dead Two? Was Dead by it Dawn? Is well, oh, I Dead didn't... by Dawn. Yeah. Well, and I, and I kept I kept getting confused because I've it's been so long since I saw them. I kept getting yeah. confused between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. And it, at the end, I was like, I was kind of expecting him to get sucked into a portal. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, that can't happen yet. That, you know, so. Right. Because it becomes like a kid in King Arthur's court kind of thing, right? Isn't that right? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the episode three. Army it's... of Darkness. Oh, yeah. okay. That like little boy from yeah. Rookie of the Year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Donkey butt love it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah, it's Kid and King Arthur's Court, except it's just Bruce Campbell with a chainsaw arm. (laughs) Yeah, but 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 I think but at one point he does take uh, whatever his girlfriend's name is, Linda maybe. um, Yeah, takes her out and he's gonna chop her body up with a chainsaw. That's the only time you see a chainsaw, but he can't bring himself to do it, right? Right, right. Um, But I was I was also wondering like this abandoned cabin in the woods, like what are the odds you find a random chainsaw in the shed? And it, it's not only still working, but also gassed up and ready to go, you know? <laughs> right. 
does I mean I mean I guess this is probably a, a question for someone uh, who's more mechanically minded than me. But <laughs> does gas evaporate uh, over time? I think yeah, I think so. Out of a out of a um, an airtight container though. I, you know, oh. these are the questions that I don't get paid to answer. Yeah. Maybe it goes bad. That's, I, like, th- I think I've had that happen where I've had like my lawnmower sit all winter with a yeah. little bit of gas in it. And then it's just, it's like no good by the time I try to start it back up. You know? Oh. Yeah. I don't use a lawnmower. I use a, um, it's called a real R E E L mower. Oh. In the 50s TV shows, you'd see the guy. Right. Yeah, and it's they're actually really easy to push, and they're not loud, which is what I hate about lawnmowers. I hate loud things. Right. Yeah. And so I just gotta go out there. I have to do it a little more often. Yeah. So you know I don't what? Know why I, you know. You know what I do? <laughs> That's awfully uh, Renaissance of you, Brent. Thank you. And you know what else? My wife makes fun of me because, at the same vein, I was like, "Okay, what other human-powered lawn care systems can I get?" And instead of a weed eater. I bought a long pair of scissors. <gasps> Shut up. I so, just cut the lawn with scissors the other day. It's on a long, long pole, and you can do this at the handle, and instead of like, vroom, 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 like you just, it's like snip, snip, snip. Really? Yeah. It works that. terribly, and my wife laughs. She cackles at me when I pull it out. <laughs> well, see, I, I always have like, weed, weed eaters will work for me for a little bit. But then the string, the, the, the strings run out and no matter what you do to try to refill it or it just never works quite as well. Like I just can't get them to the right length. I can't get it to like, it just never, like there's always a point where it just doesn't work. I I like to do my yard work in flip flops and shorts. And then like, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible man, whatever that means. Like I can't load those things in properly. So like the, 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 the weed eating, like line is shooting out and like whipping me in the leg like it's like passion of the christ by the time i'm done i've got like <laughs> it's disgusting <laughs> so i got scissors yeah um, scissors. i think you're doing it wrong yeah. i think you're right yeah <laughs> i need to that's... i need to get my quick protein <laughs> yeah that's get your, get your slim gym that was your yeah. first mistake yeah you know gym. you know what i do when i'm when i'm mowing the lawn i put my uh, i put my headphones on yeah. I, I listen to podcasts. There you go. That's what I do. Oh. What what podcast do you listen to, Corey? <laughs> uh, well, I mostly right now I'm listening to a couple of Stephen King podcasts. Oh, um, cool. One one of them is like a reread. Uh, they're going through the Dark Tower series. It's called King Slingers. The other one is one called King the King Cast, where they bring guests on. And uh, usually it's people who are like actors and directors who've actually worked on Stephen King movies or like worked in the biz, you know. Um, but the concept of that show is they talk about uh, a, something Stephen King has written and then also the screen adaptation, whether it's a film or the TV show. So they they kind of compare the book or the short story with the movie or the miniseries. Sure. Um, but then I'd also recommend a podcast called Dissect. Have you heard of this podcast? It's no. the, the guy breaks down. He just the whole season is an album and he spends every episode. He just breaks down one song like lyrically, musically. He oh, just yeah. he dives so deeply into and a couple of the couple of the seasons are on Kendrick Lamar. Uh, he's got a season. The next one I need to listen to is a season about uh, Beyonce's Lemonade. 
Um, oh, wow. It's, a, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what, awesome. What about you? What podcast are you guys listening to? Got any recommendations for me? I do. Um, okay, because I I love scary stories. There is um, there's a podcast called Camp Monsters um, that is put on by um, REI. Okay. Uh, and they they produce it I think out of Seattle, um, but it's all campfire stories that are written from a first person point of view, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but it's going into like. Um, the monsters that we know and love, like Sasquatch and, um, and like, uh, I don't know, Nessie and like, you know, all of, all of those kind of the folklore monsters that, that we, they've heard of, but they write, they write like these really brilliantly, um, brilliantly like sound engineered, uh, like campfire stories. Nice. Uh, yeah. It's really fun. That's, that's a really great one. Um, that I love that I've been really digging lately. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Brent? Are you listening to anything interesting? Yeah, mine are about feet. Feet? Feet? Yeah, they're... <laughs> I, listen... I, don't believe, I don't believe you at all. <laughs> I listen to podcasts about feet. <laughs> you are full of shit. No. They're, they're... It's all about feet. That's, that's Quentin Tarantino's favorite podcast. Some people have two, you know. <laughs> oh, do they? <laughs> um, over the summer, I don't usually listen to podcast. I do all as soon as I go back to work for the school year. That's all. I don't listen to music. It's only in the car. All I got podcasts. Um, I like I like ones about news stories, um, and then I like comedians. Um, my favorite one is every Thursday it comes out, and, I, and it's gonna, this is going to be great when I go back to work. I'm going to have a lot to be able to catch up on. It's called Freedom. And it's my three favorite um, comedians, improv people, and it's um, Lauren Lapkus, Paul F. Tompkins, Aww. right? And, um, and they're and they're just fan- they're just fantastic. And um, um, Scott Ackerman, sorry, is the three. It's called Freedom, and and they're just they're just flipping hilarious. And then I and um, so I went to more comedy recently, and um, of course I've always listened to comedy Bang Bang. Nice. There's a guy I tried to start liking named Tim Dillon. He's a he's a comic. You'll probably begin to start hearing about him more. But like he, he got kind of weird, oddly political. So I just, just I stopped. You hmm. start talking about cryptocurrency a little too much. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good time to turn it off. Yeah. But the man Tim Dillon, this guy can rant in a comedic way like no other person I've ever known. So never nice. heard. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Was there anything else you guys – I think there's a couple things. uh, You know, there's some – the eye gouging scene we didn't talk about. There's some cool, like, stop motion animation toward the end with the the Book of the Dead. Was there anything else in particular you guys wanted to touch on before we we get to the end here? Um, Gosh, I mean, like, that that whole sequence when when they're sort of, like, decomposing with the book. Yeah. uh, I mean – I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that's a pretty groundbreaking moment because I don't think we've really seen anything previous to 1981 cinematically. I, yeah. I mean, you guys correct me, please. But, um, I mean, it's, it's horrifying, of course, but I think it is so, like, 
gorgeous macabre in 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 terms of how it's executed yeah uh, i mean it's it's beautiful to yeah. me i watch that that scene and yeah you know it's like disgusting and there's like oatmeal <laughs> coming out of a skull but it's like <laughs> There's something really beautiful about how they execute that. That is so special. And like, I'd never, I hadn't seen anything prior to that. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, I know around that time, I think it was later though. Was it, I might be getting the name of the movie wrong, but so like Jason and the Argonauts or there, yeah. I, I know there are some movies where they had like stop motion creatures that, that would, sure. that would move around, but nothing, nothing kind of on this level where it's like decomposing and it's so intricate you know what they were doing with it um you know and then i think it's a few years later i guess quite a bit later well i don't know why it popped into my mind but i know michael jackson has a music video that's like all stop motion claymation you know but but i I feel like that was at least eight years later or something like that so right right i was trying to think like like good claymation stuff like but i just looked it up i was thinking total recall I think might have had some like that. But oh, okay. That's, not, that's ninety. Yeah, like, that's a little bit know, later. I think maybe California raisins, but yeah, I think all this stuff is is oh. slightly later than than Evil Dead. Yeah. Dead. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a groundbreaker, guys. Like that's there's so many so many new fucking things happening in this one. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like just to mention, like the fact that. Uh, the fact that we have an homage from one to two, uh, Evil Dead one to Evil Dead two, about uh, Shelley bites her own hand off, and we have Ash <laughs> sawing his hand off later on. Yeah, you know, um, like we have like some subtle things that are like just carried through the whole franchise. Um, I mean, subtle. I mean, she's literally chomping on her wrist. Yeah, That's not yeah. Subtle at all. Damn. yeah. Um, I like, I had forgotten about that. That was one part on the rewatch where I was like, "Oh fucking shit!" Like she's chewing her own hand off, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I had forgotten about that. It's gruesome. It's like gruesome, and like not even thinking twice about it. It's like, oh, okay, Scott, you have tried to saw my wrist off. Right. Um, I'll just finish the job for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> time, time, time for some quick protein. You know. <laughs> protein. <laughs> time for a. Time for an, uh, uh, a wrist gym. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Snap into um, a wrist gym. <laughs> that's it. Oh, oh, I do want to mention um, one moment that I really love towards the end is like when Ash is starting to go fucking crazy and the house is starting to like kind of come to life. And, and the idea of the blood on the projector and everything starts to sort of ooze blood. I just want to say like one moment that always will stick in my brain is the light bulb filling up with blood. Yeah. Yeah. It's so specific and small and like we get super campy in the second movie, but in this moment it's like, it's just like pure chaos. Yeah. Like just pure, pure chaos. Well, Um, and actually it was, I had a little bit of time to kill between work and this. And I was like, Oh, let me just pull up a YouTube video on evil dead and, just kill some time before and it was right before we started recording they were talking about that scene and how it stems from sam raimi's love of the three stooges again going back to the fake shimp apparently there there's one of the three stooges movies where they're trying to solve a plumbing problem and the pipe above their head breaks and pours water all over them and then the light bulbs start filling up with water right so 
So like, apparently that's uh, seems to be an homage to his just his love of the Three Stooges, you know. Oh, hey, this is only because you mentioned it. Um, I saw a, a quick video. It's on YouTube, I believe. It's the the Stooges getting hurt, like for like real in real life. Okay. Like they gotten some serious shit. Like, like some. Uh, it's been a couple. It's been like a week and a half. I think since I saw this. So I'll have to watch it again. And this is yeah. maybe a terrible antidote, but it's on YouTube. <laughs> but but it's but they got hurt like all the freaking time, like like breaking bones and like hitting themselves in the head, like hardcore. Right. Like a, they did a lot of awesome physical comedy, yeah. and they show it in the video. Like they're like, okay, here's the here's the scene, and here's what actually happened. Like he passed out like a like a minute later, or he actually broke three ribs and just went on, and they. They would like break three ribs and then like continue the scene, you know, right. doing it. Yeah, we, because they were, you know, there's a different time. Right. You know? well, and, were, and, like, and I think like for like safe stage combat rules. Yeah, thing. yeah. Probably. And I, I right. think you still have that. Like it comes to mind, like Viggo Mortensen breaking his toe in Lord of the Rings when he kicked the helmet. Right. He like actually broke his toe, or uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio cutting his hand in Django Unchained. That's a good one. So I, I think it happens, but yeah, they're a lot more careful now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know what I saw, I saw the friends reunion. Okay. <laughs> it was actually really good. It was hysterical, Nice. but they show a, a, a moment where Joey like dives onto a chair and dislocates his shoulder and then just like casually walks off set and they show it and they sh- even show him like re put like putting it back into his socket. Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That's wild. <laughs> I I I did a show in 2019, not to yeah, it's uh I was performing on stage and I jumped off a platform and I dislocated my knee and tore my ACL and I think oh, no. back into place. What uh, how, so what? How? What made you do that? Had you ever done that, or was it just instinct, or what made <laughs> what made you bang it back into place? Yeah, like, I knew it was off track. You know, it's like your patella like floats, you know, in the front of your right, yeah. Front of your yeah, yeah, and like I knew it was off to the side, and so I, just, I, it was a two person show. I couldn't like go off stage, and so I smacked it back. Oh my god. Uh, you what know, you'd, like? you'd be, what's that movie, 128 Hours or whatever? If you got your arm trapped under a boulder, you'd you'd be the person who could, like, chop your own arm off. That's right. And in the meantime, also become an expert at something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Boy, was at 10,000. <laughs> you know, do, do, a lot of, uh, do a lot of introspection and uh, probably, like, cure cancer or something in the meantime. <laughs> right, um, and then break your arm off, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Ella, that's that's horrible. It that was, must have been so scary. That would be that would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. But the thing is, is like you know, like talking about these moments where you know shit goes wrong on a film set or whatever. It's like you have such adrenaline going that like you don't notice the pain immediately. So you're just kind of like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. Oh, I can't really walk very well now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess I. I can't really dance on it right now. Okay. <laughs> it's like weird. You know, I don't know. Like that shit happens. And I think speaking from like an actor perspective, like we are trained to like keep going, which is kind of toxic and bad, right. you know, is what we're realizing now. But in those moments of like, you know, Leonardo cutting his hand and like wiping his own blood on the other actor. Right. Yeah. It's like super fucking weird. Right. <laughs> super 
weird. Um, but it's like, you know, this, there's like this weird training that's like, oh, the show must go on. Yeah. So you just kind of do it, you know? But I don't know. It's, it's strange. It's strange. Yeah. That's true. I've, I've, and I've hurt myself never quite to that degree, but actually both on stage and working in kitchens, you like yeah. you'll cut yourself or burn the shit out of yourself. And it's like, well, yeah. and again, like you said, it is, it is toxic, but it, you know, it's like, well, this, this food's not going to make itself. Like people got to right. eat, you know, you yeah. got like 20 tickets up in the window and you got to get the food out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget because Corey and I used to work at the same pizza hut and we were like kids. Right. And I have a ago. picture taken from like a disposable camera of a guy that we worked with. His name might've been Josh. But anyway, he was pretending to put his fingers in the dough roller machine, and I took a picture of that. And then, like a year later, the dude got his fingers caught in the dough roller Actually, machine. Actually, that was that was that was Nick. That guy's name was Nick. Nick. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That is like that is like. You've tested fate too many times, my dude. Right. Yeah. Well, and. Like, you know, and like, there's probably workplace safety that could have been implemented, but, but if it, if you if you had to ask me, like, who's 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 most likely going to get their fucking hand caught in a dough roller? Yeah, he would have been at the top of my list. You know? Like, he would have been up there. You know. Ah, <laughs> poor Nick. <laughs> poor Nick. What's he doing now? Do y'all know? Uh, What's he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. No, you know, I did. I I did run into him shortly before I left Bloomington. So this has been oh wow, oh gosh, fourteen years ago probably. Last time I talked to him, he was fighting with Pizza Hut with the Yum Corporation to cover his medical bills for his hand. Actually, that's the last time I talked no to him. Shit. Last time I talked to him, that's what he was talking about. Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, good luck to him putting together an argument for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. I could have sent him that picture. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that don't, as evidence don't, or something. Don't, Brent, don't show anyone that picture. You will blow right, his chances. If I remember right, he was smiling. Like, yeah. Laughing. No, you'll, you'll fuck his like... case all up, man. You'll fuck his case all down. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> um, the, only other, the, only thing I really, the only other thing I really wanted to mention is, um, if you haven't seen it, I recommend The, the Chef Show. On Netflix. Yes. Have you seen this? Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So it's it's John Favreau who fell in love with oh, cooking. Yeah, that's the best one. Have you He's seen so the show? Good in that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. so for our listeners, as John Fa- John Favreau fell in love with cooking while he was doing the movie Chef, which is a great yes. movie. Um, Beautiful. Such a good movie. And I so make my grilled cheese the exact same way now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. Yeah. And so. Now he has a show on Netflix where he and his chef friend Roy, something Roy, right? Roy. Roy, 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 yeah, Roy. yeah. So they just do they just like hang out and cook. And I I, I thought I, I thought of this because there's an episode with Sam Raimi where yes. he's just starting to get into sourdough, and John yeah. Favreau has like become a a, a a sourdough master. And it's so fun because Sam Raimi is so like weird and awkward. It's so fun yeah. to like watch them nerd out about sourdough, you know. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, I totally forgot that he was in an episode, but now I'm now I'm recalling it. Um, it's yeah. so it's so fun, and also there was like, a good one with like Seth Rogen where they make these amazing Mexican sauces to go on some food. 
And the preparation is just insane. Like, there's, like, so many steps. And Seth Rogen has, like, some really good lines where he's just like, who would want to make this? It's so long. It takes so long to make this. <laughs> he's like, it can't be that good. There's got to be some, like, the yeah, the sure. it has, it's got to taste amazing. <laughs> By the way, I read his book over, over the summer, uh, Seth Rogen's, and it was really funny and good. Oh, yeah? Uh, you start to get his, like, his, like, frantic, like, why would you do that? Oh my gosh! Why would you know that kind of like things as he's talking? He, he tells me all these celebrity stories, like a tell-all kind of thing. He's got a good one with Tom Cruise. Oh, oh wow! And how like Tom, yeah, like Tom Cruise wanted to do like a, um, like a like a half Jamaican character for one of his movies, Yo. and they said like no, it was something like that. <laughs> and then, but then like, and I'm getting it wrong, and I'll I'll not, I'll not remember. Oh, I know the movie. It's called Spring Breakers. Okay. Oh. With, and I think in that one, what's his name? Um, plays the the half Jamaican kind of guy. Um, he's in the, he's in a bunch of Seth Rogen movies. Uh, um, I haven't seen that one. He was it. Um, what, what's the in, uh, the interview? Uh, James Franco. James Franco plays in Spring Breakers. Plays this like half Spring Breakers guy. And then the story is that like so 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 what happens is then Tom Cruise he calls a meeting with Seth Rogen and his people. Oh my god! And they're like, what's this going to be like? And he, and Tom Cruise is just like so. He got to play one. He got to play a guy like that. And they were like, "Yeah, okay, bye." And he just like left, left them. Like he just wanted. He like had that much like flex that he just he called a meeting with famous people, and then just like left after he was like confirmed what he already knew was right. Anyway, there's like other stories just like that in that in this book. That's it's so pretty odd. Funny. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise just seems like such an odd guy. Like yeah, yeah, because he is. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I think it'd be fascinating and disturbing just to like glimpse into that guy's fucked up head, you know. Yeah, that's one of my favorite kind of conspiracy theories. Is like when you get involved in that church, the Scientology, that they find out like they to get involved, you have to like give them information that could possibly be like wrecking to your career or life. Right. It's it's a conspiracy theory that I think is very fun to listen to. It's like, bring your own blackmail, BYOB. Yeah, right. Exactly, yeah, bring your own blackmail. Well, we we had a buddy, we've got a friend of ours, Ella, who we went to high school with, and he's an artist, he's a sculptor, he does like bronze and and that type of shit, and he actually did an installation for a big Scientology compound in Florida, and it was like these weird statues that that go up this spiraling staircase, and I mean, I, I guess it was a good job and it paid well installing it. But he, he was like, "Yeah, it was just weird as shit." Like the it, the whole vibe was just like totally. You, you weird. may have seen his work. Um, let's see, in at the Indy Airport, if you went through there, he had an installation where it was like luggage that looks like benches. Mm. I know exactly what that is. Yeah, yeah that's somebody. Yeah. Can I say the name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I just want to... Adam Mahos. He's uh, he works for the Church of the Scientologists. Not... <laughs> he, does, he does not work <laughs> for the Church twist. of Scientology. He he did one installation. <laughs> it's like the suitcase sculptor from the Indy Airport is like also contracted by the church of scientology yeah yeah have you seen the video of the guys it's on youtube and they um they bought like a real high quality projector and they go to a church of scientology and it says like church of scientology on the side of the building and they project sucks underneath 
And there's like a whole like legal thing, like where they don't know if that's illegal or not. It's fucking fantastic. It's great. So like, is it illegal to project something across the street? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, be- before it. we wrap up here, um, I do want to get everybody's head cannon. Um, kind of what you know, what your thoughts are about this movie behind the scenes, subtextual. I haven't thought of anything. Usually, I think of something beforehand. Um, you know, but I'll just say, you know, I like I I like to think that um, at the end, when you see when the camera point of view of the camera speeds toward Bruce Campbell, you know, and it looks like the evil's going to get him, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they just they they really get to talking, and and they discover they have so much in common. And and Ash falls in love with with the evil ancient spirits, right? I know the sequels dispel that, but for this movie, I can I can believe that maybe that's how it ends. The two minutes in between, right? The two, yeah, they fall in love, and then there's a falling out, right? They yeah, because <laughs> for the first year there's smooches, and then the second year sever the the Achilles tendon. So that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> So, do either of you have a have a head cannon for this movie? Ooh. I think that this is. I think that the um, we have we have we have a lot of like POV of this like evil spirit going through, and I really like to just think that it's actually Lionel Richie um, <laughs> in an alternate universe singing the song "Hello." Is it me you're looking for? Um, just watching, watching the every move of these these college age people, and you know, spying on them from the rafters and from the woods, and you know, I, I would just like to think that Lionel Richie is has been alone for a long time and would like to make some friends for eons, for millennia. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and he's exactly. trying to sing to them, but it just sounds like demonic howling to them. Yeah. Like, it's I'll... just says, it's just join us is really the only thing that. <laughs> I mean, I imagine that he's probably had a lot of laryngitis, but uh, that's my headcanon. Good. I love it. I dig it. (laughs) What about you, Brent? Are you playing with your freezer? Is that what that is? It feels so good. The garage is so hot. (laughs) The danger explosion lab is is boiling. So So I was thinking like halfway through the movie, Ash is walking and it's dark and, and he slips on a baseball severing his forearm replaces it he replaces it with with, 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 with a uh, what do you call that a saw uh, a chainsaw uh-huh and then, then what he does is uh he shows that he's really good at throwing a ball and he gets drafted by the MLB okay yeah, yeah. and he uses like the force of the chainsaw to be able to pitch like fastballs like real good real well <laughs> right He's like, yeah, like a, a pitching machine. Almost. He's just a pitching machine. Nice. I, and then he goes back, and he, he's he's still in elementary school for some reason, too. So, Brent, are you just making this a kid in King Arthur? You know short? all those, like, fun 90s characters that you remember that were kids at the time? Like, it's just him, and it's them and Bruce Campbell. I think Brent, Brent just wants to watch A Night in King Arthur's Court is what's happening here. That's true. I think so. But it's also great. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Well, is there anything else, Ella? Did you have anything else you wanted to plug or anything before we get going? It's been it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, um, not not really. 
really plugging anything. Uh, come come visit me and drink some good vino at Bishop's Lodge. Um, it's Santa Fe. Uh, but other than that, uh, if you want to follow along on my weird adventures on Instagram, uh, it's at Ella Rose Ray. Um, that's about it. Thank you guys so much. It's been literally the most pleasurable thing ever. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I think this is the longest we've talked to someone. <laughs> it may be it doesn't it doesn't feel like it but yeah it may it may be <laughs> next week right before the new version of Candyman is set to release uh by director nia DaCosta, we're going to be covering the 1992 original movie Candyman. so make sure you check that out and as always you can follow us on reddit at r slash horror movie pod twitter at horror movie pod and facebook and instagram at head cannon pod <laughs> awesome well this has been head cannon <laughs> <laughs>